Greetings and welcome to the Coaching Lounge. Thank you for joining me. My name is Rebecca Gordon and today's show is called Step Off the Treadmill and Reset the Pace of Your Life. That title is absolutely pertinent to me right now because this year my objective has been to slow down the pace. And in the words of one of my new coaching clients who asserted that her approach is slow and steady wins the race, that is absolutely true for me right now. On reflection of my life in 2013, I must admit that at times it was quite challenging in managing my coaching and training practice. And I recall having feelings of overwhelm, of having to be so focused on the doing that only now, by slowing down and looking back at my life, can I see that a large part of my activities was in fact about managing busyness rather than business. And now that I've radically shifted my approach, I'm much more relaxed and balanced and feeling more flow, much more of a flow about what I do and how I do it. In fact, it's nice to know that um, there's no urgency in having to do this, be here, get on task with this, you know, accomplish this and finish that, so that the veil of busyness that was evidenced through me feeling I had to keep up with masses of information and meetings and everything, in essence, all that has now been lifted because I've shifted. I recognize that it was very easy to get caught up with things that were distractors rather than essential activities that kept me on track with my important goals. And in a heightened state of alert to all incoming messages and information, I was absorbing a huge amount of material, a huge amount of communication and knowledge and facts. And only now, by stepping off the treadmill, can I actually see that my intense focus of being on task with all of this keeping up with information had me heading down at the information burnout superhighway. Fast. Subconsciously, I knew that making all that effort to stay on top of things was detrimental to my effective functioning. And instead of having a focused concentration on a few important things, little things would get me sidetracked. And of course I knew better, yet when in the thick of things, you sometimes can't see the wood for the trees. Do you agree? And on reflection of my busyness and feeling the need to keep abreast with information from people, meetings, reading books, research and much more, I recognised that my effectiveness and focused concentration was impacted upon in ways that were really detrimental to me being productive. Now, don't get me wrong, I was highly productive and got so much done to the detriment of, if it continued, that peaceful state of um, working in joy in doing the tasks. And now that I'm standing outside of the world that I created, 
a standing and looking into it. It's easy to see the faux pas of some of the actions that swept me up with the inconsequentialities, you know, some of the things that just didn't belong in the important activities. And if I reflect back on Stephen Covey's time management quadrant, you know, when he talks about, you know, things that we think are important and urgent are actually firefighting, when we need to be putting things into the important but not urgent aspect of our lives. And in essence, my productivity was beginning to be seriously eroded by external factors that always seemed to be urgent. And guess what? I allowed it. Let's focus on social media for a moment. How many personal or work emails do you get on an average per day? Five? Ten? Twelve? Fifteen maybe? Or more than that? Probably a lot more for many people. Am I right or am I right? Are you a Facebook junkie? Would you consider yourself to be a Facebook junkie? How regularly do you check in with LinkedIn and Twitter? How many projects are you involved with that involve a lot of electronic communication and contact? Here's um, an exercise for you to assess yourself on a rating scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is, I have this under control, and 10 is, I feel like a gerbil on speed and just can't keep up. Where are you on the scale of information overload? If you rated yourself five or under, pat yourself on the back and continue to apply the strategies that keep your life balanced. If you rated yourself six or higher, stop right now, step off the treadmill and reset the pace. Here's a quote by Tom Gillis that's a superb explanation and example of why it is absolutely necessary to readjust the work-life balance. This is the quote by Tom Gillis, which goes like this. Information overload makes us dazed and confused. On any given day, I could do at least 20 things, but I choose to do just three and do them really well rather than attempt all 20 and do none of them well. I think this ability to focus is what differentiates good from great. Real productivity isn't about how many things you can do, but how many things you can do really well. And that's from Tom Gillis. And when you really think about it, it's frightening to know just how burdened we can feel to keep up with the pace of all the must-do activities in an effort to be seen as up with it or on top of things. It's almost as if not engaging with people socially in one type of media or the other can put you into the category of a social media dinosaur. Well, here's a secret. That's exactly what I've become in the last four weeks. And it feels great. It's so liberating. I've um, raised up one of my core values, which is freedom, by giving myself the freedom so that I'm not chained or feel that I, I must absolutely, you know, check in with all this social media, which I am terming virtual media. 
It seems to me that when I've looked at certain um, links and websites and emails and messages that come through, that almost everyone is an expert in one way or another. Everyone has the knowledge or information that is just what you need right now. Read the post on a typical LinkedIn group discussion and you may see multiple messages along the lines of the 10 ways to do this, that or the other. Tap into your inner higher something or the other. How to get blah 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 in two seconds. What not to do if you don't want this, that and the other. And the list goes on. I'm sure you get the gist of what I'm alluding to here. And hey, don't get me started on Facebook. Have you noticed how many positive quotes and pictures are posted up each second? I figure that 95% of the population must be on the happy pill that eludes a lot of folk, the seemingly few percent who are not afraid to say that the reality life can be quite tough at times. There I've said it, sharp intake of breath, as I feel the law of attraction posse getting ready to let me know what they know about how to attract the great, the wonderful and the good. And yes, the law of attraction does work because it's the energy from within that creates the world outside of you. And the law of attraction works and it's all good and it's all well and it's all great. However, and essentially, as we are spiritual beings having a human experience, it's true to say that living here on this earth, in the here and now, is just about that. Living on earth. It's about living. It's about using and appreciating the senses. And that is very much about keeping it real through personal contact as opposed to virtual contact. The digital age means that we need to be even more discerning in our use of time so that we can be productive yet less stressed. Because communication is no longer about being relational, you know, having those um, real relationships. In the digital age, we are conditioned, and I, I was going to say becoming conditioned, but actually it's no longer about becoming. We are conditioned to communicate by immersing ourselves in technology. So, much of our conversations take place on Facebook. And when our conversations take place in the virtual world, it's not just refined or defined to the computer or the laptop, but actually by handheld devices, and um, we communicate on tablets or smartphones, so that our communication isn't just sitting and fixed, you know, it's wherever we are, you know, whether we're on the bus, wherever we're journeying, wherever we're walking, whether we have a spare moment, it's always the checking and the communicating and the responding in that virtual way. Here are some interesting facts. Well, I found them interesting anyway. Fact number one, the number of people accessing the internet via a mobile phone 
has increased by 60.3, that's 60.3%, to 818.4 million in the last two years. Fact number two. In a report on the impact of digital technologies, it was found that human um, well-being is being interfered with by the use of computers, internet and gaming, so that our psychosocial well-being is becoming much more dysfunctional. Fact number three. Twitter's fastest growing age demographic is the 55 to 64-year-olds, and the increase has been registered um, to be 79% of active users within that age group. Fact number four, every second two new users join LinkedIn. And fact number five, which is coming from the website People Communicating, according to that website, people will use technology as an enabler to communicate with those they want to communicate with and as a barrier to block out those they don't want to connect with. So, for example, computers allow a person to receive messages and to prioritise which person they'll respond to first and which messages they may never return. And indeed, people can now conduct much of their personal business online without ever speaking to another human being. And it works well sometimes. I mean, I will agree. I remember back in 2007, it was when I actually booked a holiday to Tanzania um, in the comfort of my bedroom. You know, I didn't have to get up and get out and go to the um, travel agents. I found a flight. I um, did the booking by the internet, paid the money through the electronic transaction, you know, and the only reason I had to call the travel agent was just to get confirmation of the booking. So, okay, yes, we know it works, but actually what we're talking about here in terms of stepping off the treadmill and resetting the pace, reset the pace, that's about balance. So, okay, now that I've had my rant, this is the message from me, from Rebecca Gordon, to you. And I want to get this message across to you as you create your everyday reality in the moments that you live. And the important thing is that the moments which come and go in the fleeting of a blink, the moments can impede on the accomplishments of your actions, especially in your in-between coaching sessions. And the reason for the coaching lounge is actually for people to step into this space in between coaching sessions so you have some motivation to keep your steady momentum um, in between now and the next time I check in with you. And I will say to you that this works, that these recordings work just as well and they're just as good um, even if you don't have goals and actions that you want to work on. But I would urge you to get yourself a coach if it is that there's something really important in your life that you want to move forward with and accomplish, and you know you can do it, I know you can do it, and I believe in you, I believe that you can do it. But sometimes working with an objective, um, qualified personal performance coach can help you to amplify your goal 
and turn up the volume on your actions so you accelerate quicker and much sooner rather than if you were to work alone. So, um, the message I want to get across to you is that when everyone around you is caught up with the must-do way of doing or being, the most important thing for you to do is to develop the skills that contribute to you being sure, confident and comfortable with who you are, what you're about and the reason for doing what you are doing in your moments. And what this does is that it can help you to maintain who you are and stand firmly in you. And I'm going to um, ask you to note some coaching questions that you can ask yourself um, at certain times in the day, in your moments. Ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now helping me to achieve my goal? And you can ask yourself, how is this action supporting my accomplishments, supporting the intention that I have set for myself? How is this action supporting the intention that I have set for myself? In a session with a client some weeks ago, we referred to this um, checking in on yourself and remaining firm with who you are, what you're about, and remaining on focus and on task with doing what you say you want to do, it is actually about being resolute. And this is the ability to be steadfast and firm rather than to be swept along with any passing tide, whether the passing tide be people, the electronic virtual stroke social world, or the collective thought that communities, groups and nations are caught up with in any moment. So, for example, the collective conversations these days when I've been tuning into um, the news, and I'm not even sure if it's news these days, it's all about the floods, it's all about war in the world, and, you know, you wonder what else is going on. And this is a thing you know, life can take over, so the what else that needs to be going on in your life gets swept under the carpet or left until next week or sits on the back burner. So here we go. If you haven't done so already, stick your list of values where you can see them every day. And if you work with a personal performance or life coach, you will know what your values are. You'll have an idea of what your values are and essentially what your core values are. And the core values are those that keep you focused firmly on your goal or help you to move away from what doesn't serve or honour you right now. And if you would like to know what your values and core values are, then please um, book a session with me. My name is Rebecca Gordon. My email address is info at satellitelifecoaching.com. And when you book a session with me, we can look at your values um, and um, raising those up so that you are aware of what makes you tick. And when you know your values and you have these, these values in your mind's eye, this will help you to remain self-assured in the principles that you operate by.
So take time away from the rat race. I would encourage you to do so. And here's the reason why. You are not a rat. So there's no reason for you to live your life at 50 paces to the minute along with the collective or the 95 percenters. When the going gets tough and challenges materialise, step into the space of inner action. And this will involve taking no action in the outer world at times. Do this by centering yourself, by breathing deeply. Breathe into your heart space. Remove yourself from the dense energy and step into your lightness, into your brightness, your heart space and inner voice. Imagine it. Imagine it to be so and practice it. These days, it seems that everyone has the answer. Everyone has the answer for you on how you can be happy and live a joyful life. I disagree. No one has the answer but you. So breathe, be still and step into that peace space of self that takes you closer to the inner voice within. Now, I don't have any answers for you in this recording, but I can make some suggestions on things to do that are supportive of your stepping into your personal power. Here goes. Number one, turn off the television or tell lie vision because it's all artificial. It's artificial voices such as the TV, the radio or music that are external chatter, external noises that invade your mind. Press the off button and be discerning in what you allow to enter into your sacred mental space. Number two. Honestly, do you really want to be having a Facebook conversation when you can just darn well pick up the phone and make that emotional connection? Do you really want to know the minute-by-minute minute accounts of the hundreds of inconsequential occurrences that happen in other people's lives? Streamline your Facebook activities to specific periods of time. Do this so that you can reclaim the sacredness of life's experiences by having real-life verbal conversations with someone because this is life and life is real the point is to keep it real monitor check and balance the electronic energy that interferes with your light energy number three at various points in the day do nothing just sit breathe give thanks for all that you have the best time to do this is as you rise in the morning, just give gratitude. Give gratitude for, you know, actually, my eyes are open. Actually, I'm awake. I'm alive. I can breathe. Give gratitude that I can get myself to work today. I've got a roof over my head. Give gratitude for what you have. Also, take in the beauty of nature. Consciously tune into your energy and feel the shifts 
in your vibration that do occur every so often if we were to give ourselves the time and space to feel the shift? Harrison Klein says that by resetting our pace, we can reset ourselves to perform at different levels that will naturally result in us having different experiences. And I'm just going to repeat that because, you know, it takes, um, it's worthwhile taking stock of what Harrison Klein says. He said that when we reset our pace, what we do is that we reset ourselves and this allows us to perform at different levels and when we perform at different levels, we naturally have different experiences. And through having different experiences, we have different results. And so it is that we create our reality from the internal state. But for this to happen, it's vital and necessary to screen, to reduce or eliminate some of the external noise, the chaos, the utterances that invade our being. And suggestion number four is this. It goes back to when I was in Romania um, back in 2010, 2011. And um, on one occasion, I recall going to a park with my girlfriends and just playing and also watching children play in the park. And it is that we adults mistake playing for interacting with gadgets and computers when it's just about, you know, finding time to have fun, to enjoy, to do what makes you happy. On my visits to Africa over the years, I recall seeing children making toys from any bits and pieces of materials that they could find. And these are things that we here in the West would just throw away and um, waste and would think were not useful. Yet the children would find ways to make something out of nothing, where being creative enabled them to have enjoyment in the simple things in life. And we can do the same. Let's take a leaf from their books. Make a list of things that you used to enjoy doing. So, for example, for, example, for me, it's um, reading for pleasure as opposed to reading for work or for study. Um, I enjoy doing needlepoint or embroidery, and I enjoy playing board games, and I can't leave this one out. I so enjoy browsing in a bookshop. Make a list of the simple, fun things that gets you in the flow. And then the thing to do is to make a commitment to do one of these things each month, if not each week. And if you would like the full um, information on this activity, um, it's a really, really good growth sheet that I have that I can send to you, please email me on info at satellitelifecoaching.com.